Hello, hello, hello. Hey, man. Hey, Luke. How's the move, buddy? Oh, shoot me in the head. Okay. <laughs> I would love to. <laughs> Solves a lot of my problems, actually. It's a win-win for us both. Ooh. Matt Frad just comes up and, like, chokes me with a piano wire. <laughs> That's the end of that, everyone. Oi, oi, oi. Uh, big fan of that Matt Fred. I, I'm kind of hoping that he's going to be at the Amazing Parish Conference. I don't know why he would be, but after going to a big conference, now I'm like, these are great. Did you have fun at the one that you went to? Oh, I had a blast. It was awesome. I thought you were saying you hated it. No. Mm. You were like, I'm wondering, if you're looking for me, I'm the guy in the purple shirt oh, yeah, drinking could... who's wondering why he's even here. Because I was, yeah, because I, because I was like one of the few people who were there who didn't actually like specifically do stewardship. Ah, gotcha. But it ended up, no, I mean, I I was being somewhat tongue in cheek with that. Okay, okay. Made a lot of good, uh, made a lot of good uh, 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 connections. Had a bit too much to drink one night and started to ask random people to come on the podcast. Thank you, people at Rebuild. I think I creeped out the main guy from Rebuild a bit. Tom Corcoran. Uh, half bald dude. Yeah. 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 Why? Cause I just was like, you should go on our broadcast. And I like rambled on for a bit. And he's like, yeah, that's, that sounds great. And then the next day when I saw him, it was one of those like, oh yeah, you did that after you were drinking. <laughs> hey, hey guys. It's like when you had a few t- too much to, to drink and you kiss a girl, then like see her the next day. Whoops. <laughs> I'm sure in like non uh, in the non Franciscan world, you know, it's it's uh, it's uh, uh, the same the same types of um, same types of feelings, but just different things. If you know what I mean, same type of feelings, but a different type of feels. Mm. <laughs> mm. Mm. <sighs> How are you? Oh man, you know, if I were a lesser man, I would have broken down multiple times a day and started crying. Yeah. yeah. How come? I am. What's up? I am a complainer, so I'm not going to complain, but I am going to choose my words wisely. I work what I call three jobs. It's really two jobs and a hobby, but I work. I say it's three jobs because I work. <laughs> the hobby is this, and the other <laughs> podcasts that I'm trying to do that are not coming along as fast as I want, but um. The uh, so first and foremost, my jobby job, awesome, great things happening. But it, it August and September about killed me. You know, it's funny. Like being at a large parish has its own very um, distinct advantages. When you got big, a big parish with big money, you can do big things. Um, but also, it has massive disadvantages, such as when one percent of your people have a problem. Like, uh, let's say, a registration software problem. That's literally, like, dozens upon dozens of people who are calling you. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it's not just, mm-hmm. like, five people. It's it, it's a week's worth of people. Scalability, if you will. Mm-hmm. So we have, like, 700 people in our youth group. And I'm going out this weekend to a youth conference that's going to have 40 people at the diocesan youth conference. They usually have about 120, 125, but... Um, it's down this year, probably because I'm going. And uh, so, but just think about like our parish youth group is bigger than most 
diocesan rallies and youth events and stuff. <laughs> so yeah like i remember one time this guy goes hey so we're gonna have like 550 kids here it's pretty impressive right and i go i have 475 kids in my youth group this is back when i was a youth minister and he's like so you have to run stuff like this every week and i was like yep <laughs> but i got my my own dedicated room and i'm not in some you know college basketball arena or something like that it's just i'm freaking exhausted and I'm traveling. Uh, October, so December, I've discovered, is, like, really light for me. So, mm -hmm. and October, November is, like, insanely, well, uh, October is insane. I have, like, eight events outside of the state. Ooh. Yeah. During, during, during the month. Sorry, I should, I'm worrying, I'm in a new room that's going to be really echoey. Uh, uh, what am I going to say? During the month of October? Yeah. Yeah. I should Ooh. say out of the state, out of, out of town. Out of town. Some of it's in Texas, but you know what does that mean? Um, it's just pew, pew, pew. it's just exhausting. And so today there were several times where. So my big thing right now is as a speaker. Here's the fun thing: as a speaker, when people hire me, um, they have to get things. You know, they have to get like because all speakers do it differently. Like Jackie, who we had on the show last week, she buys all of her plane tickets and then gets reimbursed because she wants to do it on her united credit card to get the points and all this stuff and she knows how mm -hmm. to do she knows how to do she gets bumped up to first class or business class like all the time because she's like platinum but she's a she does that full time and i don't i do it part time and so mm -hmm. I'll, I'll, I'll never be that status but uh <laughs> at least not with that attitude but uh so anywho it's just it's just amazing so there's all of these like little details that drive me insane because I have like a full-time job on top of trying to come up with contracts and get all this stuff. You know, it's all like the, the administrative stuff. It is, it has burnt my brain out this week. So I, I had all my events from now until January requested within the past, like two or three weeks, all of my contracts, invoices, signed thing, all of it, all of it right See, now. That's why you just do what I do and you put on events and you just don't do any of that stuff. Go on. Yeah, well, you're better than me. You're better than me. <laughs> Just kidding. No, that's horrible. That's that's a lot. And I'm trying Stop. to – my big thing is I'm trying to film my community group videos. Um, mm -hmm. So if you're a young adult and you want community, find it with my community group stuff. No, I, I don't know. So let me ask oh, you this, and I ask this as oh, your buddy. Like why do you have to film it? Oh, that's a great question. Uh, so I have surveyed dozens of quote unquote small group, small faith group, community group, cell group, house group, church group, domestic church enshrinement, home of the Our Lady of the Immaculate Sacred Heart. I have looked at everything and most of it sucks. Some of it's great, but it doesn't fit appropriately. Okay. So we did a trial run. I have, I have also surveyed every like evangelical resource. And you know what I've discovered? And it blew my mind when I first realized this. When an evangelical church that, ru that, that runs a successful small group ministry, which is very rare, actually. People don't realize that. It's very rare. But a successful small group ministry, the videos that they do where the teaching comes across, maximum 15 minutes. Maximum. Mm -hmm. they're, they're not 30-minute oh, yeah. lectures. They're not hour-long presentations. It's not Bishop Barron's Catholicism series. But when Alpha is very short. Yeah, and when you find, like, Catholics uh, do, saying, like, oh, it works for a small group. It works for a small group that is 100% gelled together. Like, my guys Let's group. be honest. It, it, 
really works for a small group of baby boomers who just like hate liberals. <laughs> In between watching Fox News and more Fox News. It's exactly uh, what it is. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I mean like well, number one, I mean like the Catholicism series is amazing, but it's not yeah. but it's and and to have discussion guides and all that stuff is great for like like how we use it at my church is we used it as a classroom setting. So you would watch the videos and then break out into small groups and then go through the book and the discussion questions and all that stuff. That's great. But when you're in a home, small groups need to turn to two things, personal stuff and discussion. So you discuss what was taught and then you, you, you let the personal stuff connect. You make those connections because it's damn difficult to build relationships today that matter, that are centered on Christ. And my frustration is, I get so there's this one curriculum that's pretty famous in Catholic circles. Uh, name it. No, I'm not. I'm not going to name it because I think it sucks. But I haven't got to review all of the curriculum, so there might be like the new stuff. And I'm I'm talking about stuff like no. eight years ago or five years ago. But let's be honest, it's the Catholic Church. Uh, so why do you hate Symbian? <laughs> what's that? I don't know. Symbion, Symbian. I don't know. You know what it's called. It's one of those things. Oh, is it? Oh, I've, no, it wasn't that. Um, okay. I don't even know. That. I, I actually haven't seen it, so go on. <laughs> no. You, oh, shit. You're thinking of Symbolon. Symbolon. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. That's what you meant, huh? <laughs> you can edit that out in about an hour. Go on. <laughs> Symbian was a mobile operating system and computing platform <laughs> designed for smartphones uh, and PDAs. What's the symbolism? The symbolism. The symbol. Yeah. It's the symbology. You mean symbolism? <laughs> and you Irish cops make me feel like river dancing. Anywho, Boondock Saints flashback. Um, but so the reason why we're doing it is because I. Uh, okay, so here's the the quick rundown, so I don't bore everyone. Um, all the videos are too long. None of the videos uh, do charismatic proclamation. They don't ever. I just a proclamation. Proclamation. They don't ever. They don't preach the gospel. It's like more Catholic identity stuff, and it's so not, so like Alpha preaches the gospel, but they the the later ones kind of tinge it with a, a a little strong Protestant direction. But I think it's fine. Um, what I want to do is just create a series of fifteen minute video, ten to fifteen minute videos that, within a Catholic context, preach the gospel, right, and nothing else, or mm-hmm. how to follow Christ, right. So my first series was called Repent. And it was offered during Lent, and it, the whole thing was laid out to, like, get you to see what it would be like to live with Christ, right? So it's like, what does it mean to follow Christ is essentially it. And it's supposed to lead you up to the point of repentance, um, which conveniently came out for Passion Sunday. Um, this new series is called the Disciple Series, and it's supposed to kind of pick up where that left off, although it doesn't have to. It stands alone. And so it starts off – the first one is it starts off with the gospel – and then the second one is, what does it mean to live repentance? What does it mean to repent? So I go back to that because, I don't know if you know this, but we always have to repent. And then how do you live, like, different large things of, of living from that? So faith, dropping your nets, which is a, a thing in uh, Sherry Waddell's Forming Intentional Disciples. So it's all this different stuff that I'm trying to build. But you look at these different services, and it's like, let's talk about the Apostles' Creed. And it's like, these people don't even believe in God or why they should follow Jesus. And you're already reducing it to catechesis. They're not doing evangelization. Now, I don't do pre-evangelization in these videos. I, 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 just, I don't think that makes sense within the context of what I'm trying to do. And I think mm-hmm. Alpha, Alpha does a good job um, weaving in that stuff. Like, um, 
where he has this whole segment on the person of Jesus, and he's like, you know, a lot of people say today, like, they don't even know if Jesus really existed. And he's like, we have more information about Jesus than we do Julius Caesar, you know, and things like that. So um, I just really, I don't know. So there's nothing out there that's good. I have a really badass camera, um, you know, shoots brilliant, beautiful video. I suck at lighting, but I have some lighting. And the first one, I, I just, my brain was about to explode, and I had recorded about eight times in all these different locations, but I wanted it to be inside my church, because my church is pretty beautiful and has good back backlighting and all this stuff. But the area that I chose for my final video, the final take that I used, it's so dark behind me, and I'm, like, illuminated by the piercingly hot sunlight that it's like, I, I kind of am like, a, like Charlie Rose with a black background, like I'm just kind of floating out there. Mm. Anywho, man, I am. I have. Sorry, I was. I was emailing someone while I was listening. Sorry. Yeah, I know. You're a dickle. You're a dickle. You do the same thing. I do not. The only time I'm distracted. I, there have been multiple times where I have like where I've said stuff and I've stopped and I've been like, "You're reading the internet right now," and then I've gone back just because I have because I haven't uh, uh, been able to fall asleep and I've seen stuff posted on our catching foxes page the only thing i do is that's along the i'm not emailing people i'm getting stuff <laughs> that you're saying and putting it out there for the children for all of our I had a thought children. i didn't want to lose it because it, it was inspired by you <laughs> see see i was see. finding it to the perfect meme but uh, have you ever been a part of a community group have you ever done anything like that like a small yeah. a sustained small group ministry yes met at home uh, no, 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 no. It, it, it wasn't Catholic because they're all dumb. Uh, this was when I was in a Eureka. It was – we called it a life group with a Protestant church that uh, I used to just do some stuff at. And we basically were just a bunch of – so the goal was to be a bunch of – it was for 20 – like 20-something 20 uh, um, professionals. And like there were really only like five of us that were actually a professional. So we kind of like killed other group then didn't tell anyone about that. We just started it again with just us with just <laughs> us five. And it was incredible. It was like I mean some of the best some of the best discussions that I've really ever had. And the point of it was that we would do like two positives and a negative over the over the past week. We would just kind of like talk about that. And everything else, we just kind of like see what happened. It was it was it was amazing. Like honestly, it was probably the activity that I did besides going to mass that like kept me Catholic while I was out in Eureka. Yeah, it just kind of kept me going. It was it was it was incredible. So one of the things that it, that we're discovering is we have all these people who are super faithful and love their church and all this stuff, and they have all these dreams about doing cool things with the Catholic faith. But when they get together with their super Catholic friends. None of them talk about their faith, really, unless it's like an online debate or something. Um, and no one prays together. No one does any of the stuff that we mm -hmm. all thought that we would be doing or leading or at least partaking in. And so my big thing was, well, what if we started these community groups almost as an excuse for us to do that? Like, hey, let's just spend a few moments and talk about things that really matter, like what's going on in our lives and, um, you know, cover a topic and discuss it. And, mm -hmm. you know, some of it, you know, like I, I write thinking about different people and how what I'm going to say or what I record in a video would affect individual people. Like when I'm when I'm doing my talks, I'm thinking of individual like one guy in particular. And I'm like, I hope this talk evangelizes him, you know, 
Mm-hmm. And it ends up that's like the best way to do it because it ends up a lot of people feel that way or this way or whatever. So, which I think is a, is the same thing that we've experienced here with uh, catching foxes, is that we have, and, and that's why I I think it's important that if that if you have a question about that or if you think oh, this would be good for like that guy, the problem needs to be good for ten other guys. Exactly, and so right now my wife is at her first community group meeting. Um, I don't know how formal it is, but just a handful of people talking about life. And, and so I do, I, I did the talk and I'll link it in the show notes. It's nothing fancy, but, uh, what is the gospel? It's called, um, session one, what God did. And, uh, I think it's, I, I like the way it came out. I like the, the, the talky part, maybe not the videography part, but, um, yeah, I just, I'm, I'm. I am now extremely pissed off at church programs. Like literally Everett Fritz's episode and then me and you talking, or maybe it was at the end of Everett Fritz's episode where you said, we just got to stop doing so much programs or programming ourselves to death. No, that's actually the episode that I said, don't we have one in the bank? And you said, no. No, no, because you remember because we talked like a whole extra hour after one. I'm pretty sure we aired that. Mm-mm, I promise you it's not. Okay. Well, whatever. We'll look for that. Anyways, go on. Yeah. But, so, but, so, but that's exactly it. So the great thing about community groups is it's 15 minutes of a program, and the rest is there for you. It's just there to foster discussion, you know, and people mm-hmm. living their lives together. It's not there to – there's no element of passivity in a community group. And if, they're, if anyone's being passive, then that just means the leader of it sucks, and he's allowing one guy to, or girl to not participate. And like honestly, I, I think too, you really can't have it. They can't be that big. Mm-mm. Like I, that's why I thought when. So when we first started it, because we actually had a. So it was really odd. I, I, I believe we had a small group that joined a kind of a bigger group. The bigger group sucked, and we went just back to our small group or something like like that. It was much better when it, when it was only uh, five of us as opposed to twelve, because you just you just have to talk then. Uh, sorry, a book fell over. Um, and in <laughs> most, like Rick Warren has this thing where he said, 10 people is great, but eight people is better than 10 people. Six people is better than eight people. Five people is better than six people. Right. And so he's like, you don't mm-hmm. want to really go down to three people. Once you hit three people and one guy doesn't show up, it's just like you and another person staring into each other's eyes. Mm-hmm. So that becomes awkward. But you still want it to be a group because you want to have, like, group dynamics. So the smallest I would want is four. So when I pitch my community groups, I say, listen, if you want to be a host, you're just exercising hospitality. You're not running anything. They just show up at your house. You're hospitable. And you take this one-page PDF that I give you for free to download and this one video on YouTube that you watch for free. And you do the group. And it just says, okay, let's do the welcoming. Hey, now that we're all sitting at this table eating some you know, nachos and drinking beer. Or not beer. I tell them no alcohol until after the event. Um, That's dumb. <laughs> yet effective. Um, <laughs> the, uh, the big thing that is at, at the end of it, um, or they just go through it. And when they're doing the, the fellowship stuff in the beginning, they have a question or two that they can bat around. And it's more like mm-hmm. lighthearted, fun, get-to-know-you stuff. 
And then they go into the talk where there's, that's where it's prayer, maybe some scripture reading, and then they go into the talk. And then discussion, and I give them four questions. You don't need to do like 20 questions. You only need to do three or four because the idea is everyone in the group is supposed to answer it. So if one guy is not answering it over and over again, you, you call him out. You say, hey, Jim, you, you know, you've been quiet all night. What do you think about what Janet said? Jim and Janet, so mm-hmm. Gabby. <laughs> and it's great, and that's it. That's all you got to do. It's, it's so easy. And people are coming to me, and they're like, uh, I had a massive conversion on the first night. <laughs> this one guy was, I love this guy. This one guy, he heard me on the Jen Fulweiler show, and he's like, maybe I should listen to Catching Foxes. And I just looked at him, and I was like, you really shouldn't. But, uh, <laughs> and then in my heart and hearts, I was like, yes, 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 I'll send you the link tomorrow. <laughs> but the, uh, I've done that so many times. I know, right? But he, um, he said that he did the opening questions, and when they got to the third question, which was uh, share a significant life event that happened to you when you were young. That, you know, shaped your life. Like, all these people, they were just telling, like, you know, when I was a kid, I was, you know, I got in a severe car accident. And, what you know, I got this crazy disease that debilitated me. I got this or that. And it, people just start sharing. And then all of a sudden, the waterworks opens up. And it's the opening questions for, like, before they even watch the video. Like, it's nothing. Like, And mm-hmm. it just, and the guy was like, you know, I, I went home and started reading scripture after that. And you're like, you did what? And he, he always tells people when he gives his testimony. He's like, I started reading scripture for fun literally after that day that's how much it changed mm. me and i was like yes but that's the that's the power of of just of human beings connecting and we just don't, mm-hmm. don't let people connect anymore yeah in a, a life group that i was a part of some of the most i mean really honestly some of the best conversations that i've had about because because the guy that i did with he was um one of the pastors at this church and he was really interested in a catholicism um, I probably wasn't the best person at the time to talk to him about it, but I was a person <laughs> and we would just have some like really great, I mean, I mean, cause I would give all the answers that like I, that, that I knew, but I was also very honest about, this, about the fact that I was like, and I'm just kind of doubting all of this, but, um, <laughs> I'm kind of doubting all of this. Oh, okay. Never mind. Sorry. Keep going. Keep going. No, but it was, it was just good. Cause I think when you're all, and I also think this is very important within, within those groups, it's, it's good to have. Uh, it's good to have a leader, but it's also good to make sure that everyone's kind of at the same stage because you really don't want to have a group where people are just trying to encounter the Lord. And then you have half of them are like full on uh, um, uh, disciples wanted to go into now, but wanted to go in, into like missionary discipleship mode. That being said, it is not an exact science at all. So we can throw that out the window and it could also be really, really awesome. But I think I tend to think it's generally good to have everyone that's on that's kind of in the same spot or even and but by that I mean spiritual uh, spiritual maturity. Well, you know what's funny about that? I, I would disagree with you only to a certain extent. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I will cut you right now. And I'm going to disagree with you because, number one, you're wrong. And number two, you're stupid. And this is why. Two points, Janet. Um, the notion is. So you have people that are like missional and you have people that are like, what's Jesus, right? And you put them together. The missional people get to missional, the, the, the what's Jesus guy. And the what's Jesus guy, if he's open, like, see, that's the cool thing is the people that come to community groups, if they're not Catholic or whatever, um, they're like open to spiritual stuff. And they're just there. And if you have someone that truly like gets the whole missionary discipleship thing and it's not just a guy trying to win arguments and smash basically people. if they're holy is what that means yeah. go on yeah so if they're a miniature michael gormley then they'll it'll be like a kid in a candy store and it's awesome but if they're if they 
So some of the things, really the big thing is you want people in a similar situation of life because you want them to be able to support one another. But one of the things that we found is we had a handful of young adults who did not want a young adult group. So this one girl's like, why do I want to hang out with a bunch of people who are at the same stage of life as me? I want to hang out with like 60, 80, and 40-year-olds who are ahead of the game, and I can learn from them. And I was like, oh, well, you're mature. And that's what she did, and, and their group went well. Yeah. I, me and Blaze joined a, a men's Bible study at St. Lawrence. I love those. I'm still on their email list. You guys email way too much. Um, <laughs> quit hitting reply all when they say, hey, Bible study tonight, and you, you're telling everyone you can't be there. Just send it to Steve. <laughs> Anywho. But I joined. Blaze is like, dude, come to the Bible study. You'll love it. A bunch of great guys, and they're all older than us. And I was like, well, why would I want to do that? And he's like, because they're all older than us. You're going to learn a shit ton. <laughs> Wait, you just sent me a t- – oh, no, that was that was my mom. Sorry. Okay, so, no, okay, I see what you're saying with, this, with like, how you can learn from others, but I've also seen that be a, a – disa- like, it, it, it isn't an exact science. It's not. But I do think it, it does depend on the – dis on the dis so on the disposition of the people going into it because with like you know our life group we were all 25 and older professionals who took pretty much all aspects of our lives pretty seriously and then that included our own faith and so we were going like even though we were all i mean actually even had like like Two of us were Catholics. One was a pastor of like a church, you know, and one was a pastor's wife. Um, we were all like we, we, we had enough in common. And I think if you were to go like I would not like have two guys who are pretty apathetic about other faiths but kind of interested go with a bunch of old guys. So they like don't know. Now, they may have a lot of things in common like hunting or, you know, like God knows what. But badminton. Yeah. <laughs> um, Women's you know, volleyball. Uh, Ellen. Oh, okay, yeah. You know, how, you know how those old, uh, those old like Southern guys—they just love Ellen. <laughs> she dances, <laughs> she sings. What doesn't she do? <laughs> She's just so nice. <laughs> she just want to get some coffee with her. <laughs> then after that, go shoot a steer. <laughs> she may be okay. So I was gonna cross a big line. Good, good, good restraint, good filter. <laughs> you gotta help the editing process later on. Um, no, so I mean, I. Th- I think we're kind of like saying the the same, the exact same thing, which is that it's, you've got to have some things in common, but it's not an exact science. Do you love your Catholic community? Do you, would you say that you have peers that are Catholic in your community? Uh, I would say right now we don't really have one that's like tied in with, uh, mine is more attached to my work for the, for the, just for the time being, because we just moved here and stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, here too, Natty, like, and our parish didn't have anything, and we're it just for a whole bunch of reasons. We haven't really dived into that to our own uh, our our um, own parish, but we plan to. But with uh, what I have with work, which I would say is kind of the same thing, yeah, it's great. It's abs- It is a phenomenal. Let me let me ask you something, okay? Now, let's say I create these six hour and a half sessions, hour and a half to two hour sessions for community groups. Mm-hmm. Would you? And I want to do a catching foxes because a lot of what we want to do is build community. What if we put we encourage people like in, you know, in the next two weeks, get four friends 
and go through the thing. It's all free. It's all easy to do. It's all downloadable and blah, blah, blah. Like, like a Catching Foxes spiritual initiative to counterbalance the cussing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, you know, I don't know. Like we've so, – okay, so here's why. We've talked about this before, and I'm intrigued by the idea, and the fridge noise has stopped, so I'm going to move back to where it won't nice. echo as much. Nice. Um, okay, here's, of the, here's the thing. There's already just so much content out there that – and part of me is just so tired of it that I feel kind of hypocritical contributing to what I think is a problem. But I think if I think if it were to be really, if it were to be, because one of the things that I like about what you are talking about is the a community aspect of it, because I think that's where the magic happens. Right, that's it's, all I care it's about. Where the content actually gets out of the way and just like kind of is more of a draws it back in. Maybe it even sets other boundaries of it, but it's not like what you do. So I wouldn't – no, I would not be opposed to that because I think there's a lot of different directions that you could take that, especially when it comes to things like um, – I think that the one with Joey Jojo Shabadoo, um, that would be a little bit hard to do in a mixed group. All right, let me back this up real quick because you and I are misunderstanding each other, okay? What I'm <laughs> saying is – Story of our lives. <laughs> <laughs> Ever since that day freshman year when you fake tripped and then really tripped and your hands landed very high up on my inner thighs, me and you have been running into each other ever since. That was so funny. Gosh. Best moment of my life. Anywho. Uh, really, honestly, one of the most important moments of the, of your life. It cemented our love for each other. It, it did. Did you hear that? Did you hear that, Shannon? I loved him longer. That's true. And it's been physical from the get-go. <laughs> inner, inner thighs, inner thighs. So the uh, – <clears throat> no, I'm saying what if we encouraged our listeners to use the stuff I'm making for my parish because it's not for my parish. It's totally neutral, right? So I'm not saying like have them listen to Catching mm-hmm. Foxes and then do a study on that because Lord knows that would be a disaster. That would be the most beautiful disaster that has ever happened to Catholic Twitter since the infamous catfishing of that Catholic girl. Oh, man. We didn't get as many people angry at us about that as as we were going to. I was waiting to get yelled at. No one gets mad at us for the things that I think we're like. And they just get mad at us for cussing. I know. What else do we have to do to get people to get mad at us? Uh, we're making fun of Raymond Arroyo's penis. We're making fun of previous hosts or guests. We're, <laughs> we're trashing Raymond Arroyo's penis. Okay, I guess. I really got to stop we that. We're talking about the size of Raymond Arroyo's reproductive external male organ. Go on. Otherwise known as a uh, penis, if if you will. Oh, this is all getting cut. <laughs> Which, coincidentally, Raymond Arroyo's penis is not. He's uncircumcised. God love him. How do... Hey, here's the deal. How do I have a job? How have I not been fired for this show? Oh, man. How has the diocese not called to me and complained? I don't know. I don't know. How, how do I still work at the diocese while doing this? What diocese? I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, I mean, how do I still work at the... I thought you worked at a regional nonprofit for uh, underwater basket weaving. Mm. Yeah, it's a really solid 501c. Our, we got a really good board, really giving us some direction. We just did the branding. <laughs> so really great thing. So I did the the Steubenville Young Adult Conference called Encounter. 
Everything's called Encounter. I know. And they partnered with uh, Adore Ministries down here in Houston. And uh, it was really great because I was one of the speakers. And uh, the best part was I would have people that would come up to me and they were like, you sound really familiar. (laughs) They'd be like, wait, are you that guy from Catching Foxes? People would say that. Someone wrote me an email and said, I didn't know you were the guy from Catching Foxes. Until my roommate, uh, at the end of the day, like pointed it out to me. So, Paula, I owe you. I think that happened to me at the conference that I that I was at because uh, okay, this is gonna sound bad, but there were these two there were these two girls, and one looked just like a girl that I knew out in Denver, and so I, I like stopped and I went, "Do you guys live out?" Um, I'm like Denver, and the other girl goes, "No, we don't." But sh- but like uh, this girl went to went to Steubenville, and I like stopped and thought, "How did you know that I that I went to Steubenville?" Like I never brought it up. It was just like a purely so could be a catching foxes thing if it's true. Or thank you. she went to Steubenville and recognized you, and then she's like, "Oh, I know that guy from Steubenville." No, because she she graduated in two thousand uh, in two thousand eleven. So there's no way that she would know me. So here's my favorite story. I can't even remember who said it to me, which is going to kill me because this person listens to the show. But they were like, uh, <laughs> they were talking to me, and, and they were like, "Wait, you went to Franciscan?" I was like, "Yeah, I went to Franciscan." And she's like, "Oh, that's right, that's right." And so we started talking a little bit. I don't think, actually, I don't think this person listens to the show. Uh, and so we were talking for a little bit, and she said. Um, when did you go there? And I said, oh, until 2005 is when I graduated. And she goes, oh, okay. So I was like 2009 or something like that. And I go, oh. And she goes, wait, do you know Luke Carey? Oh, sorry. I said your last name. <laughs> do, you know, do you know Luke? And I was like, yeah. And she goes, and I was literally going, and she beat me to it. I was going to say, oh, he must have hit on you when you were a freshman. She, and she said, <laughs> yeah, I knew, I knew him really well when I was a freshman. And I was like, there it is. There it is. <laughs> Oh man, I went crazy that year. Mm. I had on it was awesome. Wait, what was her name? I, I can't remember. I can't remember Did who she, it was. I want to say she, maybe it was a listener. I don't know. I can't remember. I can't remember. Listen, you got to understand. I was. This is the busy season. I was in. Uh, okay. Doing one event where I met literally like eight hundred young adults, and then I went to another event where there was just a bunch of people that are just awesome and I've known them and I don't know. So it might have been this girl Jessica from the last event that I just did in, in Atlanta. I don't think so. I'm confused. <laughs> That's yeah. Sarah, the, I don't know. The sad part is that on my end I have no idea. <laughs> so I many. literally it doesn't narrow it down at all. Okay, let's let's dial it back real quick. Okay. So <clears throat> community groups. Yours was called life groups. What would you say? So I've been wrestling with me and you argued a little bit when we brought up the community group thing. We argued for a little bit where you said, I just don't buy it. If they're not doing discipleship, you know, if it's not like a guy who's or a person who's discipling everyone, I just don't buy it. Like it's really going to have lasting. You remember saying that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I, that's, that pissed me off. Uh, uh, yeah, I could tell. I remember. Yeah. I was like, oh, because I actually personally kind of like it when we take two uh-huh. – Different ideas because it gets good. It gets good. Bring in some, or bring in some conflict. Thesis, antithesis, now <laughs> synthesis. <laughs> Back up, Hegelians. It's Gomer time. <laughs> Any of you who study philosophy will know exactly what I'm talking about. Anywho, Hegel. Um, 
one of the things that you said that, about that that really pissed me off was um, how do you know you're going to have growth? Like that's the one thing that you need is growth, and someone who is discipling you as a mature disciple will lead you there. And so for me, I was like, ah, no, that's not the point of community groups. Hammond and Han. And so many things could just happen there. So I, uh, I, I've completely reconsidered everything. I, what Once I, again, I was right and change your, your, uh, paradigm. You're welcome. Did my paradigm just get shifted? Oh, someone called Stephen Covey. Um, <laughs> but I do feel like, I do feel like the community group model fits. And then it was the reason why I'm coming around to what you were saying is because after that conversation, I was reading a book, a booklet by Sherry Waddell and this Catherine Siena Institute. Um, and they talk about different types of groups. I wish I had the book with me. I have these booklets like literally everywhere except in <laughs> Well, darn it to heck. Well, well, shucks. But she talks about things like apostolic study groups and like all this different stuff. And she talks about mm-hmm. conversions that happen and people that join religious orders because they study a document on vocations and, you know, all this stuff. So my big thing was like trying to look at the different types of groups that we already have in our church, but then trying to um, look at like creating things that aren't community groups, but are still small group ministry. But that have a, a very specific focus. You can some churches will do that. Where they'll be like, um, I know St. Benedict's up in uh, Halifax has these. Um, I can't remember what the connect groups or something like that. Where it's like thirty people meet in a house and one person each week takes turn teaching, and it's to get people to like wake up that this is their faith and take ownership of their faith. And it's mm-hmm. after they've done the Alpha course. So it's it serves a very specific purpose, and it's not meant to be these ongoing discipleship groups. It's a different type of thing. And I'm sitting there thinking, like, yeah, you know, I know one group that does uh, what they call them starting point groups where it's just like here's eight weeks. You just get to know our Lord and Scripture and bring your questions and objections and blah, blah, blah. And there's no real – it's it's almost like they don't even – teach you things they just ask you what you think about this okay, so, so that's, you're, you're that's about a, to answer those things which, which i think is really cool yeah that's those are seeker small groups where you have a trained leader but the trained leader isn't there to make you become a christian even though the trained mm-hmm. leader is a christian they're just there to get you to understand your spiritual your spirituality and progressively they narrow in they'll ask you religious questions like you know, like, what do you think was Muhammad's greatest significance? What do you think Buddhist? Because I have their book of a thousand and the complete guide to a thousand and one questions or whatever. It's an awesome book. And I have the Seeker Small Group book. But um, what you end up discovering is that when people are spiritual seeking and you kind of guide them a little bit with the Christian issue, that all, all of a sudden their vague views become very uh, wishy-washy. And they're like, well, I guess I do believe this. Or I guess I don't really know what that means. And then all of a sudden they're like, well, yeah, I guess if. The question that for me is the hinges. Uh, do you believe, like, you know, people like that Christianity is the only way to God? They're like, no, there's many ways to God, blah, blah, blah. But then by the end of it, there's a question that says, if God sent his only son to become a human being and then, or to come take on human nature and then to die for you as your way to get into heaven, would you, as God the Father, say it doesn't really matter if you believe in him or not? It's like, my, I sent my son to die for you, but I don't really care if you believe in him or not. They'd be like, that's the dumbest thing I ever heard of. Of course it's required. <laughs> you know, like it's just total mm-hmm. about you. But the whole point is like exploring through questions. That's a seeker group. There's starting point groups, which is more like akin to our like it's more of like a formal RCIA inquiry type thing mm-hmm. where it's 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 leading you to the Catholic faith. And the people that are there are like, I want to learn more about Catholicism, not, oh, I'm just looking for a spiritual center in my life. It's like, no, you want to learn more about Catholicism or about Jesus. This is why you're here. 
Those are groups that need well-trained leaders. That's not a community group. A community group or a life group, I would see that as less needing a discipling leader and more so your the whole point is to make com- that's why I call my community groups is cuz we don't have any community in the woodlands and my goal is mm-hmm. to help build that with your neighbors so well yeah let me ask you this so so in order to have a community well sorry i don't i don't want to derail where we are going with this because i know you you had an overall point you were trying well, to make my overall point is I'll come back to this yeah my overall point is i'm looking for areas where uh, I'm trying to combat very specific evils present in the American Catholic Church. The first one is Catholics, a, a grown adult Catholic men not having an ability to articulate their faith or religious belief. And so sitting around a room of eight people that you've you know, had a couple drinks with, you're eating food with, and then you're deliberately talking about these things. And the videos that you're watching are about the Bible, or not about the Bible, are about um, the gospel. They're challenging you with the person of Jesus. Like, I challenge people with the things that we do. So, and they're having to confront this stuff. So that's the whole point is I'm getting them. So to me, the greatest evil is they check their faith literally at the church parking lot as they drive away. So I'm trying to combat that. I would call them friendship groups, but that sounds super lame. So community groups it is. (laughs) But that, that's the notion, right? So I'm trying to build – so I guess I would say this. I'm trying to build brotherhood and sisterhood more than I'm trying – around Christ and around, within the context of the already existing parish. And then within that, I'm trying to evangelize them. So I want them to, I want them to belong, and then I'm going to uh, evangelize them so that they believe. So, uh, hmm. And I'll tell you, it's working. That's the thing is we have wives drag their husbands. They'll do a couple's thing. Yeah. Five weeks long. So they'll say, all right, I'll do it for five weeks for an hour and a half. The second night, the second week into it, they're saying for two and a half hours, they've met people that they really click with and they're talking about their faith. One woman said to me before my husband left for work, he said, hey, is there an app I can get the daily reading? So when I'm, you know, doing my doing my job, I can I can have it with me. And she's like. I've been married to him for, you know, 18 years. He's never once asked me that. Yeah. He, no, I, 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 I'm not trying to, like, I don't you to think that, like, I think that small groups are bad because I don't. I do think we're addicted to the idea of, like, present and then a dis, uh, present and discuss. I don't think it always has to be yeah. that. It's just, like, what we all do. Um, so I'm going to steal this directly from Jim Beckman. If you want to build a, a community. There really are uh, four, like four uh, specific things that you have to have. There's a lot more that goes into this, but you've got like shared. This is this from Acts two? Shared, uh, shared prayer. I sh- uh, also have like shared, uh, shared learning, shared mission, and uh, sh- and you have to have uh, like um, have shared fellowship. And I think we're really addicted to the uh, the learning part where we share that and I, and so like i'm like yeah i agree like like i mean that's and i'm also really happy to think that to, to like hear like it's working and like all this all this stuff is happening but i i would just really caution people who think there is some type of like a silver bullet 
Yeah, there's no such yeah, thing as because overrated. there's no yeah no because I'm mean, like also yeah go 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 sorry 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 no but like you it's and so I I just um I think it's much more important to be doing something and tr- and trying to make sure that at least three of those elements are there if not all of all of them and so because I th- I think with a I think with a lot of men. Um, what can also be very good is if you just like go out and like just do stuff and you just have a group of guys that just every couple of weeks or so, or every just go, and then you have like some type of like a prayer part. And then like, there's like a whole bunch of different ways that you can, that you can structure this. And I think they all kind of work together as, as well. But, um, but I, I guess where I tend to push back is just where it's like, well, it's just these small groups. That's all that you have to do. And I'm like, well, like maybe it can work out for some. Like, you know, but like, is it really? Is that it? And I and I think as a church, we are obsessed with trying just to find the one thing. Like, think about it this way: there is so much content for small for small groups right now or to there is we have tons of catechetical yeah content but i would tons. we do we have tons of great stuff from ascension press you know lighthouse catholic media symbolon you know whatever all these good stuff but none of them are appropriate or very few of them are appropriate for a, a home-based small group session yeah oh. they they can be they uh, can be useful um... They can I mean, fit. You can graft them on. So, like, my guys group, what we did was we did a series, and then after the series, we took, like, a week break, and then we all met back up, and we read Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis. And that was awesome. We didn't have a study guide. We just read two chapters or three chapters at a time and then discussed it. And it was great, and we had a lot of great conversation. Other groups did Bishop Barron's Catholicism series. Other groups did Symbolon. Symbolon's a little bit better because it's shorter, but... but um, Baron stuff is 40, 45 minutes. Yeah, that's, yeah. And so the, pro, and you know, Andy Stanley, who's a great evangelical preacher, his sermons, they build small group um, components off of his sermons, which are great if you go to the sermons and then you go and you meet with your group. But that's kind of terrible if in the group all you do is watch the sermons because they're 40 minutes, 50 minutes long. And so there is a lot of great catechetical comments. So what I say to people is start with the series, the campaign series, and then do whatever you – all these great catechetical blah, blah, blah. We, you're right. We do not need the next you know, 50 million more. But I, but I mean can't you even just do that stuff with, so, with just um, a, like a basic Bible, like um, a Bible study group? Uh, okay, so well, what do you mean by that? Let me ask a couple questions. Okay, so if you look at the group, even Jellicle Catholic, who um, I got to be really careful how I put this, they do some really great stuff. So really, who? really, uh, they're called yeah, exactly. Uh, even a Jellicle Catholic. Oh yeah, no, I know them. Okay, yeah, and I, and I I've tried to get them. I tried to get them on the podcast like a year ago, and it didn't work out. But um, but I do know that at least I think Peter. Listen, so hi, Peter. Um, so they do it all based on it's 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 just what you are talking about, but it's straight up scripture right out of the Bible. And it's a Bible study prepared by other leader doing exactly what you are t- talking about. So I, I guess what I what I'm trying to say is I just I don't think 
it all has to be like video stuff. Yeah. I don't. I, okay, so I would say yes and no because it doesn't because my group did Mere Christianity, which is a book. We didn't do a video. Uh, yeah. A lot of other people did did books and stuff. But there's a great thing about a video in that when it's a book, half the people read it. <laughs> like, I don't know if you've had that experience in doing a lot of these. No, yeah, things, no, no, half, I understand. But but when it's no, a but... short video that you can watch and then that's geared for see that's the this is the difference is. It needs to be, and you can do it with a Bible study. Like, I'm not saying you can't, but it has to be geared towards fostering discussion. All these other things are not really geared towards fostering yeah. discussion. Yeah. See, that's the difference. That's why you have to make it, like, I, I believe 13 minutes or you're going to start losing people because then they're not going to remember the beginning. Yeah. Or no, they're going to yeah. forget the middle and, or the end, you know? And it's got to be well done, too. And I just, but, um, sorry, I, I'm not trying to like push back or like say like your stuff sucks at all. I'm not, I'm just trying to, um, cause like th- this is actually like, we, I talk about this, this all the time. This is the thing that I think yeah. we need to start talking about, uh, talking about more. It's, I guess here's where I have like a little bit of an, of an issue with like all this stuff is that it's just, it turns it into such a process and you turn the person yeah. into a project. Yeah. And it's really, really hard. And I, I, I don't know what the answer is. And if, and if that's the cross that we really have that we have to bear with all this stuff, then that's fine. It just strikes me as very institutional, processed, uh, in and out, very utilitarian. Um, sit in uh, like just like what's why our education system just like sucks ass because it's just like sit down. Learn all this stuff. Tell me, tell me what I uh, what I what um, I, I want to hear, and just advance to uh, the next level. Yeah. And there's really no room for the person. So I go to a Bible study on Tuesday mornings, and it's one of the. It's from um, Ascension Press, the Great Adventure, Jeff Cavins' thing, and yeah. it's on the Book of Acts, and it follows that exact template where. You have a small group where you meet and you have a workbook with all the discussion questions, all the analysis questions. So it makes you go back. You know, they ask you questions like, why did Peter say this? You know, and you go back and you're like, oh, this is the reason why. Footnote, footnote, footnote. Um, And then you go and after you have your discussion, you go and you sit down in front of the – in front of the the projector and you watch the the thing about that chapter that you read last week. Now, I would say – that that is where there's a lot of process and not a lot of room for the person, right? 100%. Because, like, the only way there's room for the person is if the small group leader creates room for the person. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. so it's not yeah. – it's not. so, for instance, on uh, – and I'm not going to share anything personal, but, um, there, you know, I would lead it – the woman that leads our group – I'm the only man in the whole thing. Um, the only woman that, or the, the woman that leads her group is very excellent, very capable, no, has been through this stuff before, knows how to run it. Right. But you, I've been, I've been at places where people are literally crying and everyone takes a collective sigh and pats yeah. them on the back and then like, all right, we're just going to go on to question two. Okay. And you're like, what? Why don't we <laughs> yeah. stop and pray? <laughs> like, so that, that I, I would say this, the co- mm-hmm. community groups don't feel processed and that's the point. Like, that's the whole thing is you do – okay, so there is the video component or the, the – really, it could just be audio. But 
people need something to look fat, uh, fancy to look at, and I'll give well, them my body. But they, that's where it's, yeah, but no, but that's also where like everything's going to is right. Uh, it's a video, right? And so, and it's just me on a YouTube video for twelve minutes. Um, but the the idea is again, everything is driven for the people to get to know each other better, to actually yeah. have fellowship. And I do every single week. I have a radically, completely different prayer that they do. And I'll have people in community groups who are, like, cradle Catholics who have never prayed other than, like, the rosary. And they will shut down. I I get reports all the time. They're like, so now I want you all to pray over each other. (laughs) And they're like, nope, 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 no, thank you. No, thank you. And there'll be, like, one guy sitting out. Because the whole point of this is exactly what Jim Beckman said, right? The idea of devoting ourselves to the prayers, Right, devoting ourselves to not just praying a prayer, but to prayer life, prayer life, and putting mm-hmm. people. So we do, you know, like kind of like you were saying, your your two positives and a negative. We do our, you know, the high low of the week, mm-hmm. um, or uh, share your prayer intention at the end of that night. And then the very first thing for the fellowship question is how you know we prayed for you during you know for whatever. How did it go this week? So it's a mm-hmm. check in directly on that. So the, you're right. I mean. One, it, there. I think there's a place for the scripted stuff, but it's more limited. And I think yeah. in the, it's the exact opposite in the church. We only do that. And we don't make room for the spontaneous, for the interpersonal, for... Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. I mean, no, because, I mean, I think that the idea of, like, personal mentorship is such... It's such a foreign idea that it just makes everyone uncomfortable yeah yeah and just no so sorry like i i don't want you to think that i'm that i'm trying to like push back against your no, uh, community group at all it's just it's just more like uh i guess what i'm trying to like push back is i don't and you're not even trying to do this i don't think but it's just that idea of like if we just do this everything's fine right, and i'm like right, what the right. fuck is fine yeah so for me like, what's fine for me i'll say this if we just do those four things jim beckman lined out then it'll be just fine if oh, we yeah, just yeah. if we just labor intensively to build community with each other if we just engage in personal and corporate prayer if we just devote ourselves to a life of the sacraments and if we become lifelong learners who devote themselves to the teachings of the church and and, and i and i think like we're just addicted to being lifelong learners absolutely and it's just so yeah like that's why i love what we're doing with this podcast is because i think a lot of what we're of, of what's going on is we're just saying here's where here's where our lives are right now. That's why I get so bored whenever we like have an interview and they're just giving their spiel. I'm like I could care less. I don't care about this. I'm not interested in this at all, at all. And I, I would rather just talk about like real life, which I think is what your group is trying is trying to get at is is, is to really talk about and dive into that real stuff that. Um, like answers the the profound issues of our heart as opposed to any of the surface level stuff, whether like even certain um, even some kinds of uh, psychological issues or things like that, where we think that like that's the most important part. Yeah. And it's not. Yeah. So um, so you said something that was really funny uh, in one of our episodes where you were like, because me, or we're, I think maybe we were talking about sponsors or something. You're like, because we both want to quit our quit our jobs and do this full time. <laughs> you remember when you said that? Yeah, yeah. You're so funny. You remember that? It was awesome. uh, no, but seriously. But honestly, um, I tell my wife all the time. I'm like, 
Shannon, I was up till three o'clock in the morning editing Catching Foxes. And she's like, I know, it was so late. And I was like, I couldn't be happier. <laughs> the sad part is waking up in the morning. Yes, I think about it. Like, I think about the podcast constantly. Yep. Did, did you get my text message where I was, like, questioning everything about it and, and, and if it was even any good? Yeah, and I just ignored it because I knew, <laughs> I knew in 45 minutes that would go away. And I'd be like – No, I was feeling really anxious because I, I honestly had a point where I thought, I'm just going to quit. Like, I'm really holding him back. This is stupid. This isn't going to go anywhere if I'm doing it. We're not – because I was just so in a place where there was all these, like, Catholic apostolates, different things, all this, like, big stuff happening. And I was like – we're never going to be at that you this level. It's not going to happen with, with me. This is pointless. Look, you know what we are? Me and you and Catching Foxes and the Catching Foxes reverse empire. We are the Syrophoenician woman talking to Christ. We don't want the Catholic EWTN audience. No, we just yeah. want the scraps right. that fall from the master's right. table. We <laughs> want those people who don't feel like the... <laughs> Fox News, EWTN, Fox News, why, you know, cycle is, is what we want, is how they're going to, like, live their lives. We want the people who fall through the cracks and who make inappropriate jokes and drink maybe one or two inappropriate beers. <laughs> you want to know what I hope is that we're the podcast that gives you hope during your walk of shame. That as you're driving back or just Ubering back from a huge mistake and you just need some hope that you just pop this bad boy in and you're like, hey, I'm going to go to church today. Right. If they, if they made it, there's hope for me. <laughs> but oops, I left my keys. Ooh, that's going to be weird going back in there. <laughs> <laughs> What's your name again? Yeah, I left my keys. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah. So I just want to end uh, with the whole community group discussion by saying this. Okay. Um I I think my okay so this is you know when you said gosh I keep referencing old episodes um, <laughs> listen I, if you're not I'm listening by now then just go back and start at the beginning yeah I don't care if I get fired right that that famous the famous mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Well, that that made Aaron freak out in the grocery store <laughs> when she heard that was the title and demanded that I call my boss to make sure he was okay with it <laughs> yeah that one go on I love you honey so that being said. I, uh, my, my boss came into my office one day and she's like, Mike, I just want you to know you have my full support. Uh, not about, not about catching foxes, not about catching foxes. She, she's not a listener. Um, her daughter is, what's up Katie? Um, but. Hey Katie, how we doing? <laughs> but it was so, she just said that out of the blue. And for me, it was perfect because I was getting attacked by, a, um, a bunch of people and I was getting really frustrated. And about, um, a week ago, you know, I'm trying to write a book. On, on on faith and culture and and all this stuff and I think Luke I have the perfect idea for the Catching Foxes book to go along with what you were saying I think I have a good solid idea and oh then, good and then I did the, the the encounter conference and I was I'm gonna write like a micro book or something like that like a ebook PDF based on my talks that I you know uh, so I stayed up and I wrote eight thousand words straight through from seven eight o'clock at night till three a.m. and man I felt so alive. I felt so alive writing all Never this stuff. Never felt so alive. And then I go and I give these talks and I'm meeting these people. And I had uh, young women come up to me and talk about the – because I had to do a talk on um, finding freedom from sin and scrupulosity. And women came up to me, which never happens at a conference because I'm not the porn guy, right? I'm not the masturbation guy. I'm the handsome guy, right? <laughs> a little too chubby to be the porn guy. <laughs> uh. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, I'm just kidding. And you're not chubby. You've lost some weight. Good job. Oi, oi, oi. So, uh, it's <laughs> a new Matt Fradge reference. I love it. So this woman comes up to me and she's like, and she, her and her friend are talking and then her friend leaves and she goes, okay, now let's talk. And then she talks about pornography and masturbation. And I was like, huh, huh. She trusts me to talk about this stuff. That's cool. And that has, uh, that never happens, when, especially when you're with high school students. And I don't want it to happen with high school students because that's a whole can of worms, right? If a high school girl is like, hi, I'm addicted to pornography and masturbation, you're like, okay, well, there's a nun over there, right? It's not because I'm trying yeah. to shame her or say, like, no, it's all safe no, environment. It is can't. so, yeah. No one can do that. I mean, it's, it'd be, it, it would be a little inappropriate, I think, regardless, almost. Yeah, which makes it difficult because so many speakers are male speakers that speak to these audiences. And when they talk about pornography, the men get to come up and say, you know, blah, blah, blah. I guess probably I bet you Matt Frad um, has a lot of pe- women that probably, you know, teenagers or whatever when he gives these talks. That I you wonder, yeah, I wonder how he deals with that. Yeah. Matt, if you could tell us, that would actually be really interesting um, a conversation. Go on. But uh, so she said that. And, and I was like, this is this is amazing. And then we got an email from someone about our Joey Jojo Shabadoo. We get several emails. One email was uh, someone came out to the closet, came out to the closet, came out of the closet to me. Um, and that was like a personal email. And they mm-hmm. were just totally inspired by that episode. Another person, That's cool. Yeah. Another person reached out and said, um, I'm involved in ministry. I'm married. I got kids. I'm a leader. And I'm a sex addict. And you're like, these people are trusting us mm-hmm. with this in like the, the this part of their lives that we have now given them permission to to like talk about and listen about. And even though there's all these great apostolates, like you gotta kinda go and pick up a phone and talk to someone first. And now with us, like they can just listen to us and, and I just think that's so awesome. I I really do believe in what we're doing in Catching Foxes. I am totally comfortable being the Syrophoenician woman. Yeah, no, there isn't. I remember when we got done with the Joey Jojo Shabadoo, which is so great. Joey Jojo! Um, I remember, like, I think after that, like, I told you, I was like, F- yeah. <laughs> like, that's exactly, that. like, when we first started that, that is what I hope this could become, was a thing where we could really enter into a person's life and hear about it and be able to just like hear about the healing power of God, but also like, wow, they're still like, yeah, I'm still in this. I'm still in this fight and other people could hear it. And just to know that they aren't, that they, that they aren't alone. Cause that's what like Satan does yeah. is he, is he isolates. And there's not a lot of internet mediums. I'm sorry, internet based mediums where that can really um, help you feel that uh, will, Sorry, I don't know this. That that's why I love podcasts because it feels personal. You feel like you're in a conversation because you are, and no other real like you can't really do that with a. I mean, you can kind of do that with a blog. You can kind of uh, do that with uh, one of the video things, but I think really it's only in podcasting that you can dive into other nuances of life, and that's what we. Or, or sorry, that you. That's what. Anyways. That's what we desperately have to do right now because there are no blanket answers. The the like only one that is like true for all of us is that like Christ is God and that he loves us. 
and through the power of his church, we can come to know him in a more profound way. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, so let's just end this. I want to thank all of our new listeners for joining us, especially if you went to the Encounter Conference or yeah. Atlanta XLT or any of those things where I – Sorry that I missed that. Where I constantly talked to – yeah, it was literally an AMDG reunion. I know. Um, I'm so bummed I missed that. <laughs> but uh, it, it, it was fun. It was at a resort. It was awesome. Uh, <laughs> the only time the Gormley family will be at a resort. Um, it was at a resort. That's weird. Uh, but it was in the off season, so money saved. Um, I really, I love. Uh, so, I, I, ugh, I just smacked my microphone. Uh, <laughs> I am still championing community groups. And I wanted, I wanted to make this one comment that I think is silly, but this is my. I don't really think I care about my job anymore. Um, that's not what I really believe. But I, I'm getting a lot of pushback and a lot of like things I've been saying for three years. People are sending me emails from other people who are like, hey, what do you think of this? And I'm like, I said that for the past three years. I literally (laughs) talked about that for an hour at a meeting with you. And they're saying, like, this would be a good idea. But they don't get get evangelization. Don't get discipleship. It's like, let's just Mm -hmm. do more is more. And I Mm -hmm. am done. So I I thought to myself, self, you're almost at the point where you could be self-sufficient in income from the talks and such. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't want to leave my job. I love my church. I love my job. But if I want to affect radical change with fully knowing that I'm an impatient man, but not doing it in an impatient way, but doing it in a full court press, slightly less non-confrontational like I am because I'm so non-confrontational, <laughs> I, think, I think like in my life right now, I'm ready to start, like, because there's there are 28 different ministries that I oversee, 28 different adult faith formation ministries in one parish, and they're all rogue in their own way. And I'm, I think I'm ready to start smashing foreheads. I, I mean, I've kicked out a group, and they just I, I just get angry emails about, well, what about this? What about that? What about this? And it's like, no, you're done. Don't you understand what I did to you? I made room for Hispanics. Like, it's just over. Like, you move on with your life. And then, but it's that process stuff that it's starting to bring up the bile to the back of my throat. Like, I understand this was meaningful for you, but it's not going to change everyone at our church's life. So you need to step aside so the meaningful stuff can actually happen for other people. Or just do it on your own. Do it on Oh, my God. So, okay, let me just finish with this. Let me finish with this. And I'm probably going to share too much. So for those of you who go to my church, don't tell anyone I said this. <laughs> Hi, Mom's group. <laughs> Love you. Um, the mom's group does not listen as a group. Um, oh, sorry. Just a couple. Uh, Hi, individual mom's group members. There you go. Um, but so I asked them to know, I told them that they were no longer me. I tried to find a different room. Couldn't find a different room. I had to steal it from this one group who had been meeting there for a very long time. Wonderful people. Amazing people. Love the people. But I felt like we needed to, we needed to intentionally make room at the table of Christ for our Latino brother and sisters, and we weren't doing that. So I'm going to force it through. I force it through, shut down this Bible. Well, now they're like, well, only one of our small groups is going to keep meeting, and we would like to meet on campus. And I said, how big is your group? And they said, uh, 10 to 12. And I said, nope. Any group that's 10 to 12, I don't care if you're – because we used to have, like, core team meetings and stuff. They would meet there of, like, eight people. And I said, you got three people, you got eight people, you got 10 people, you got 12 people. You cannot meet anywhere on campus. I don't care Go home. Go to your home. Go to a restaurant. Go anywhere else. Now, you would think that I shot their dog in front of them and giggled the whole time. <laughs> they, people became – I mean, 
Luke, people became enraged as only oh. Catholics at a parish could become enraged. The Napoleon yeah. of room 205 or whatever room it is. You know, like this, this insanity. And now I get, like, I think they accidentally copied me on a couple angry hate mails that I got. And then I, there was never, like, a follow-up. I think they were like, delete Michael Gormley, delete Michael Gormley. Um, but uh, so, and now they're like, well, all this bad stuff happened to this one person, and we need to meet in that room. And I'm like, you don't need to meet in that room. You can meet at someone else's house. And she literally was using this terrible circumstance that happened in someone's life as leverage to get into a room. And I needed to be talked off like a ledge. I was so done with humanity. I'm like, do they not? Is that how they view this? And they go around and they say, oh, Michael Gormley doesn't think we're good enough. But here's the funny thing. Michael Gormley from literally the day before Luke made the comment, we're really trying to get out of this. Uh, <laughs> I, I care deeply about what other people thought of me. And I, 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 I made more baby steps than there has to be. Because there has to be baby steps. People aren't, they don't like change. Now I'm like, oh, oh, I'm going to teach these people. I'm going, to, <laughs> I'm going to take them to school in the way Luke Cage took the gang from Harlem to school. It's going to happen. And so I just want you to know, Luke, that I might get fired. <laughs> oh, is it, is it horribly wrong that I'm like, oh, thank God. No. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I will definitely pray, pray for you. No, I, yeah, but, I'm not going to get fired because I'm not an idiot. But I am, I am now, I, 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 so, I so clearly see that the, 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 the laser-like focus on the domestic church, on individual discipleship, like this one guy from Everett's talk, the Everett's episode, I literally told the kid, I'm not going to put you in an adult confirmation class. I'm just going to disciple you one-on-one. And he was like, he looked at me, he's a kid, hadn't gone to mass in a while. He started going about a month or two ago. And he goes, really, you do that for me? I would like nothing more than that. I was like, I did not know that was a thing that people wanted. So now we're doing it. And no, that, that's awesome. Yeah. And it literally, it's two hours to do confirmation preparation. Like, it's not, it's not eight weeks plus a retreat. That's ridiculous. So I am just all, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. And, and I am so excited how it's going to fall out. Because there has, someone has to change something. Something mm-hmm. has to give for Christ to be made the center of a church and for people to become missional. Something has to give. Well, and, you know, honestly, I'm starting to hit a point where I just think that to do anything, you have to suffer. So there's never going to be any – if you're doing things if, – if everything's going well, it's probably wrong. I'm, I'm probably saving – and you know what? I 100% agree with that because I think I was – it's my ego and my desire, my desperate need for approval from key people at the parish – I mm-hmm. thought I was using that to leverage change and blah, blah, blah. But now I see, I see clearly that I was doing it because I'm a selfish jerk who wants people to love me so deeply that yeah. I will literally put God's plans on hold and call it diplomacy. It's not diplomacy. It's me just being an idiot. Or, you know, like I, I think I'll do that with uh, the podcast where I'll go, no one likes us like we suck or like I'm not good because I'm not as eloquent as Gomer or, I, you know, because I'm a speech impediment or blah, blah, blah. It's like that that's holding us back. And I'll be, you know, and, cause I, and I really think what that comes from is I just want personal, like if I don't have personal praise, I feel like I'm a, that um, like um, that I suck. 
you know, so it's when I'm able to hear stories about how like how people's lives are dramatically changed or they experience healing because of something that you and I talked about or that one of our guests talked, you know, that we brought that we that we created space for that conversation and from that came healing to a person and I'm just going to choose a random state, uh, Iowa, Iowa. you know, but, but because no, it's Iowa. Um, uh, because I'm a person who like, you know, like, like that's the, a success, you know? And, and I think, and I totally agree. It's, it's very, I mean, and it's, it's, it's just like, not like, you know, it's part of, it's part of being a person is, you know, we want to feel love. We want to feel good. We want to do good things and feel good and feel good about those, those things. It's where we try to find that. It's where we, like, I, like, I've realized that I've made idols out of so much stuff in my life. So much stuff. And I mean, like, out of, out of comfort. Just wanting to feel good. I, I have, I have made that such, such an idol. Yeah. Whether it be a technology or wanting to sleep in an extra five, like an extra five, like five minutes or stuff. I really like, that's probably, probably one of the biggest, one of the biggest like sins in like, in my own life is, uh, is idolatry. Anyways. I love you, Luke. I, I love want, you, buddy. I want to wrap my strong masculine arms around you and just lift you up in the air and you'll laugh and you'll spread your your elongated arms out wide and we'll just laugh and spin in circles. I'd, uh, I'd like to, uh, kiss you all over, <laughs> you know all, over uh, all over, uh, and again, and again, and again, and again. <laughs> so in my, in my, in my opening talk for the encounter conference, I go, guys, I just think we need to dive in. We're going deep in over my head is where I want to be. Just caught in the rush, tossed in the flow. In over my head is where I want to go. I'm <laughs> sink or swim. I'm uh, I'm diving in. <laughs> and then like half the room like goes, I'm diving in, and the other half is just staring. And I go, if you don't know that song, the lyrics of that, you did not attend youth group in the late '90s and early 2000s. <laughs> Get out, <laughs> you pieces! Of- Actually, is that a Stephen Curtis Chapman song? Yup. I know a guy in. who works for uh, his non profit that deals with like orphans and stuff we should have him on we should have Stephen curtis chapman on well or that guy if uh both well, i would you imagine know who, you know who we should have on is a friend of mine who's a speaker so not really a friend of mine but i like him a lot we've done some gigs together sean forrest he has, you know i've heard that name is he down in haiti yeah he's running orphan my wife used to do like all these like uh, fundraising projects for his orphanage down in haiti and he writes like He's, uh, he's awesome. He's a great speaker, and he has the most – he has the terrifying story about um, – he was the one who stays in hotels now because one time he went and uh, stayed at a person's house, and he woke up in the middle of the night, and they had lit candles all around his bed, and the mother and the daughter were praying over him. Oh, oh, my gosh. That would have creeped your shit out of me. You know, I was like, you're about to be killed. You were totally about to be killed. He's like, I think I was. What did he do? Oh, he what got did he up do? and said, this is very inappropriate. You need to go take me right now to a hotel. And then he said, like a Catholic church. Yeah. So the funny thing was he was flown out to do an event at a Knights of Columbus hall um, to do music. And, he, you know, he has CDs and stuff. And uh, and when he got to Knights of Columbus hall, there were two chairs in the middle of the floor. And it was just the mother and daughter. 
they paid for him to come out. They rented the Knights of Columbus Hall just to hear him. Are you joking? What did you do? And he goes, I mean, they paid me, so I played the concert. I was like, that's awesome. And he's like, and then I got the hell out of there. Oh, my gosh. We need to just have, like, a whole episode about crazy Catholic shit that people do. <laughs> like, that's when we can bring in Mike Hahn and just – or just, like, that's how we get – like, okay, so if, like, we were to interview Scott Scott Hahn, all I'd want uh, to be is just an hour of the craziest shit he's experienced. Crazy Like, that's all I'd Dr. want. Like, I'm we don't have to talk him. about anything. I'm, I'm going to email No, him. I'm dead serious. I don't want to talk about anything else. I don't want to talk about any other covenants. I don't want to have any puns. I don't want to have any, like – I just want to talk about the craziness that he's that he's experienced. You could say I've had one Han of a time. <laughs> you know, it was really difficult for me. I was all alone. You could say I was Han Solo. <laughs> These guys weren't promise keepers when they drove me into the middle of the woods. These were fathers who didn't keep their promises. <laughs> Turns out they were, they, were, they were violent offenders. That's what they were. <laughs> and I got out of there by the skin of my teeth. And this rosary that I beat them in the face with. Gosh, I wonder if he has a story about beating two guys in the woods because they were going to hurt him. He's, I guarantee you, he's got to have so, we really need to have him on just to talk about that. Because he's got to have so many. Hey, can I tell you how low my self-esteem is and how fickle it is to other people's approval of me? Oh, sure. Yeah, of course. Always. My, you know how I told you that my wife is at a community group? So this is full circle and we're going to end on this. My wife was at a community group. And yes, I master. Said, and she came in, knocked on the door, opened it up, and I was like, hey, we're recording. And so I said, how'd it go? You know, I mouthed that to her while you were talking, but I was still totally listening to you. Mm. And she gave me a thumbs up and then pointed up the stairs. And then I said, was the video, I go, good night. She said, yes. I said, was the video received well? Because that's all <laughs> I do, right? Like, yeah. it's awkward. I'm standing there in front of a camera for 13 minutes straight. So mm-hmm. she said, we didn't watch it. Sorry. We just got to sharing. And I wrote, are you kidding me? <laughs> actually actually i wrote area you kidding me and then immediately wrote r <laughs> oh buddy and then i sent her a crying face and then she <laughs> sent me a sad face <laughs> uh, and then she was like let me leave me alone i need to go to bed you, you made all of our kids into comic book nerds it's true that's not true no, your, your kids aren't really nerds uh my kids every day make me play a game called bad guy where they're the comic book superhero, and I'm the bad guy who has to sit on the floor by the couch, and they punch and kick me the whole time. Kateri has taken into ultraviolence and slaps me in the face, which I have never once corrected her because I think it's hilarious. (laughs) Ultraviolence and I love your kids. Um, That reminds me, we need to talk about some uh, Catching Foxes stuff really quick after we're done recording. It'll take five minutes. Okay, Luke, we're going to end with this. What are you listening to? Oh, yes. Okay, so I'm actually not going to tell you what I am listening to. I'm going to tell you what I watched a great film, really, really great, really, really great film on improv called Don't Think Twice. Excellent, excellent movie. Don't Think Twice. It is phenomenal. Okay, okay. I read and listened to the audiobook of one Tom Wilson called The Masked oh, Man, and it is phenomenal. That's, that's, oh, yeah. Did I need to finish, finish that book. Oh, it's no. phenomenal. He was the last guy that John Belushi's all alive. He heard the first stand-up of Richard Pryor after he got off drugs. Is that crazy? It's just, Is that crazy? He's there for everything. And, yeah. I, and I talked about it with his daughter. And she's like, you read his book? And I was like, tell him that we read his book. Tell him that I love it. And she's like, oh, my gosh, Gomer, I, want, I wanted to sit and talk to you about the book. So we did. Yeah. I talked I to her on Saturday. It was awesome. Oh, you did? Yes. Okay, I'll, I'll try to. I will email him again. 
cool. But anywho, so I'm listening to you right now. Luke, this is so weird. I need music in the background while I write, and I like, like, kind of techno-y stuff. Oh, gosh. Are you in the dubstep? No, 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 no. So, like, my ideal typing, uh, writing music is Daft Punk's um, Tron soundtrack. Have you ever listened to that? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Have it in the background. It's amazing. It's amazing. And I love the music. I really do. Um, But, so there's a a band called Hillsong Young and Free. Are you familiar? They're like a praise and worship techno band. Yeah, they yeah they use a lot of you know beats and pads and such and so forth and synth from the eighties. Luke, <laughs> I, when I heard that, I thought that was the dumbest thing in the world. I cannot stop listening to Young and Free. The album. I'll check it out. I uh, know I sent it to you and you're like, "Yay, Jesus is cool again." All my friends hate it. They're like, "Oh yeah, I love techno <laughs> Jesus," and I'm like, "I don't understand why I like this." But no, it's I okay. There's always things it. like that. There is That's a, awesome. It, it, it speaks to my heart in ways that uh, my heart or my head knows not of. Oh, I've also been on a Jimmy Eat World kick. I'm in love with one of other new songs, uh, Sure and Certain. Mm-hmm. It's very, it's very, very good. I'm in love with it. I might go try to see them in concert next week. I thought they didn't do concerts anymore. Mm-mm. I just made they that still up. Do. I just made that up. All right, man. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to us, especially that random uh, part at the end. Uh, you can find Luke at the Luke V on Twitter. You can find Ha-ha. so funny. You can find me at the Lay Evangelist. <laughs> um, and then we want you to go on the Facebook website. If you haven't liked liked us on the Facebook page, go and do that. You, we don't post a lot, but what we post is one hundred percent pure gold. We try our best to respond immediately. Facebook says we have mm-hmm. swift response rate because we both are obsessed with that, and we have Facebook <laughs> open all day while we're working. Um, I really do. <laughs> I have it on my phone, so it's not on my work computer, but every time it comes up on the phone, I'm like, swipe, answer. Um, <laughs> I know, me too. So, and we, I want to thank everyone who's written emails. Uh, we're still, you know, I'm still, I'm in my busy season, so it's harder to get to all the emails, but I've started plowing through a bunch of them. I want to thank you guys. It's awesome, especially when you share what something like one of our guests that we've had on, uh, like Joey Jojo Shabadoo, um, has changed your life. Like, this is, this is so meaningful to us. We want to share. We want to be the dogs underneath the table. Um, let, let EWTN, let all the Salt and Light, all those great organizations, I'm not dogging them, let them take the, the fancy people on the top of the table. Us, we're going to be under the table and dreaming. And making jokes about Raymond Arroyo's penis. Hey, wake up in the morning. Tiny penis, little hat, and he's rolling. Gonna talk about the news out in Rome. While he's worried about his tiny little penis. (laughs) He's always an arch-conservative. Even at the cost of his Catholic faith. Judgment! (laughs) (laughs) Now he's writing a novel, cause Grandma's gotta buy the kids some books. You wrote a novel about a little boy who's a an adventurer. <laughs> Did you remember McGee and Me? No, that's offensive. That's such a great show. Bye, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much for listening. Bye. Oh, rating review on iTunes. Thank you. Three, two, oh, two, one. Lift off. <laughs>